0: In today's show, we're looking at players who might be buy-low guys for fantasy basketball trades. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On fantasy Basketball. Now, fantasy trade deadlines are coming up. The real NBA trade deadline is coming up. I believe the standard Yahoo fantasy basketball trade deadline is this week. I'm not sure if we'll do buy lows and sell highs next week or not. We'll we'll see. I'll get some feedback on that. Um, I'm sure I will. But let's talk about some buy low guys. Again, these are not players that you absolutely have to trade for. You don't trade for them at value. You don't trade for them at perceived future value. You don't trade for them at anything like that. If If you can get them at a discount, then you go ahead and do it. That is how all of this shit works. So let's talk about some guys now in category leagues. And I want to start by talking about everyone's nephew, cousin, son, dad, whatever. Kevin Porter Jr., the last week of action for Kevin Porter has found him ranked as the 156th ranked player. He is now outside the top 100 on the season. Maybe the moon is unattainable. I include him here as a buy low because I know, well, first of all, I know I know what you're saying. Yes, Oladipo is getting traded. Wall's getting shut down. He's going to be to the moon. He's going to get the keys. Uh, I know what you're saying. And yes, Oladipo probably is getting traded. The reason that he is here as a buy low player is because I have fielded numerous questions, seen numerous comments. Josh, I need a streaming spot. I had to drop Kevin Porter Jr. Um, because so I, I needed to get one category win this week, so I had to drop him. Josh, should I drop Kevin Porter Jr. or should I drop insert shitful player here? Josh, is KPG, keep KPJ a drop? All a deep on wall, they're getting all the touches. Short-sightedness is a big problem. And before you come in and say, yeah, but those guys just don't know what they're doing. They knew what they were doing enough to add Kevin Porter Jr. So it's not like, oh, these are just beginners. These are noobs. These are tacos. It's none of that shit. There's people who have Kevin Porter who are thinking this. Do I drop him? Do I stream on? It's much better getting streaming value out of that position. Do I drop Kevin Porter for TJ McConnell? Do I drop him for Malik Monk? Saw that one. Um... Do I drop him for Devontae Graham? Like All all this stuff is out there, right? So that's why I include here because if people are willing to drop him for a one-week win, if people are willing to drop him to stream, then they are willing to sell him at a price that is probably below where he's going to end up. Now, he has issues with his shooting for sure. 42 and 65% across the... uh, and 21% from three across his games this year, which is, of course, atrocious, a true shooting of 49%. But it's his assists... He's getting some steals, he's blocking shots, and he can be a good scorer with good usage. So while the pendulum may have swung for some people too far in the other direction, that is where you can strike. That is where you can acquire him at a cheaper price. And by cheaper price, I mean, you're not paying top 50, top 70, top 80, top 90 even. Because there are guys out there who are willing to drop. So you throw your worst two players, two out of your worst three players in a trade and see what happens. I think you'll be rewarded pretty well. Jason Tatum is on my list as well. Um, missed last game due to illness. 49th ranked player over the last month. Why? Why is he so low? Well, the shooting is just not that great. We thought maybe he takes a step forward. and in, in fact, he's taken a step back in his shooting. 45% in each of the last two seasons from the field. 447 this year. 44% over the last month. But importantly... Seventy-nine percent from the free throw line, and that's down from eighty-six percent this season. He's he, what he's doing is in there. You know, I've said this about Jason Tatum so many times that he's a guy that produces average production across most categories. Now this year, what he's been able to do, and even last year, is up the scoring to be above average. I take that usage way up, which is impressive. But everything else is just apart from field goal percentage being down. Like it's just bang on average. That's sort of just where he sits. 25, which is great. 2.7 triples, that's above average for sure. Seven boards, four assists, 1.3 steals. Like, they're all just, just bees dicks above average. And when things drop off, like the free throw percentage has dropped off, like his assists are down almost one per game over the last month, then there is some scope to buy low. Is he going to be that first-round player that some people thought he could be? No. Can he be- go back to being a second-round guy? P- maybe, probably. Not guaranteed, but probably. Probably. Um, so you look when you look at a guy, again, who's just, just nudging inside the top 50 over the last month, there is some buy low potential there. Let's talk about the next guy, the Double Royal, Julius Randle. Another guy who's been a massive surprise this year, 29th ranked player overall, playing a shit ton of minutes, um, yeah, getting a shit ton of assists, averaging six per game, which is up at seven per game over the last month. Shooting numbers have been better than expected, hitting 41% of his threes, but we are starting to see some of his numbers reduce. In fact, over the last two weeks, he's hitting just 38% of his twos and just 69% of his free throws. That's dropped his true shooting to an honestly abysmal 49% over that time frame, And he is the 56th ranked player over the last week despite playing 42 minutes a night because nothing is going in. His true shooting over those last three games is 44%. Now, Julius Randle doesn't have a track record of being this good. Um, and I th- so I think that is worth, um, worth discussing that when a player doesn't have that track record, there is some ability to buy low on them. But... I still believe that he's going to be able to push back into that top 30 mix pretty comfortably, even if he is having some struggles with his shooting at the moment. And that, that's what's happening. And some people say he's wearing down. And that's a distinct possibility with the way that his dickhead coach would run players into the ground. Like he leads the league in minutes by a significant margin. And that is a definite risk for sure. But I still think there is some improvement from a true shooting of 44% to get back to at least 55, 56 and then boost some of those other categories up as well. Let's talk to Jonte Murray now, another guy who, over the last two weeks, is not playing well. And I say that because he's the 139th ranked player over that time. He's 64th for the season. Yeah, just trucking along all right, averaging 15, 7, and 5. So why are his numbers so low? Is it shooting? Not really. 44% from the field? 23% from three? He's not a three-point shooter. He's averaging less than one per game over the year, and yes, that has cut in half, but and that's that's an impact, but why? Well, a lot of his value is predicated on getting good steals, averaging 1.5 per game. Over the last seven games, he has had uh, five steals. That is part of why his numbers have dropped, or his ranking numbers have dropped so much. He's never going to be a good assist player, but even that has dropped down from five to four. He's never going to be a good threes guy, down from 0.9 to 0.4. The free throws are great. The field goal percentage is you know, solid for what he is. His three point percentage is horrendous, but hopefully you're not well not hopefully. Well hopefully if you have him, you're not playing in a league with three point percentage. But just halving his steals, halving his threes, losing twenty percent of his assists over the last seven games is important to note. Now, is that because Derek White is back? Because he's had free run of being the only, him and DeMar DeRozan, the only ball handlers. And then since the All-Star break, we've had Derek White playing nearly every one of these games after COVID and his toe injury. Now, that doesn't have an impact. It shouldn't have an impact on his steals. But maybe that 20% drop in assists, maybe that's that's a factor there as well. And the three-point shooting won't have anything to do with Derek White either. So there is some room for him to bounce back up and, and probably find himself back in that top 70 type range. The next guy, the last guy for Category Leagues we talk about is Jeremy Grant, who, again, blew everyone away. Uh, the contract wasn't that bad. Look how dominating he is. Well, over the last month, he's not a top 100 player. Why is that? Because he's not hitting shots. And we saw this, and we're not, we marveled at it, or I marveled at it. Maybe you did too. And I said, I can't believe this bloke has been able to have such a big increase in usage. Up from 18 to 28 percent, but somehow improve his uh, true shooting percentage. Well, that's not the case anymore because his true shooting has gone from 57 to 56, and it's down to 54 over the last month and 49 over the last week. The load that he is dealing with Giggity. is just too big, and it is impacting what he can do. But in saying that, I don't think and he's 40 percent over the last month. I don't think he remains a 40 percent forty percent two point. Try again, 40% field goal guy and 28% three-point shooter. He is better than that, and those numbers will start to improve, but I wouldn't look for him to be that top 30 guy that we saw this season. He can maybe get back to the top 50, but so much of it is going to depend on him getting um, back some of his efficiency numbers. His blocks have also fallen off as well, just five blocks in his last 10 games, as opposed to going for one a game over the course of the season. His assist numbers, which did start out pretty well, They're under three. His rebound numbers, he's never been a good rebounder, but he's under five. Realistically, what Jeremy Grant is bringing us is really good scoring, really good free throws on good attempts, and really not anything else. And that's limiting his overall value. But again, I think that there is going to be some improvement there in the field goal percentage, which is really killing his value, and that'll bump him back up, but not to those uh, pre-slump type areas. Let's look at some points leagues, guys, now. Chris Middleton, a little bit of a struggle at the moment. 32 fantasy points over the last two weeks, averaging 19, 5, and 4. That's down or over four fantasy points from his season average. So I think he gets back to being that 36, 37 fantasy point per game player. But it is a little bit of a slump for him at the moment. Usage is staying the same. The shots just aren't going in as much. The rebounds and the assist numbers are down pretty significantly too. And I th- you think the assist would have jumped up somewhat, but four per game over the last six as opposed to 5.5 this season, it's a little bit troubling. I've got Gordon Hayward on this list. I'm not confident with saying that because his last game without LaMelo Ball was great. 27, 7, and 6 with uh, 44 fantasy points. But prior to that, in his recent form, has this not been good? But you might be able to fool people who are looking at averages only, who is averaging, what, 33 over the last two weeks, 31 over the last four games. And he is like a 37 fantasy point guy, I'd say. So there is some scope there to try and upsell. But again, if someone wants to get a 37-point guy off you, you don't do that trade. You do it at that lower value if possible. Let's talk about this bloke. Yep. Kristaps Porzingis, 84th-ranked player over the last week. He's averaging 11 points in his last three games. 10 boards is fine. Two blocks is great. 30 fantasy points is not. I think that we can maybe look at him as a 39-point producer. He hasn't been at that level yet, but he's only playing 30 minutes a night. I think there is some real scope for him to improve what he's doing. And this is probably a nadir of his value at the moment. So I think there's, and his usage really low, under 22% over the last three games. So there is real room for that to jump back up for Porzingis. Brad Beal. It's not just the last week. It's since the All-Star break. He hasn't been the same. 38 fantasy points per game. This dude's averaging 47 over the course of the season. So why? Well, five fewer real-life points per game, steals cut in half, rebounds down by almost 30%. Is that Russell Westbrook getting more playing time and being more active in terms of the scoring, the usage, and the rebounds, not the steals? Maybe. Usage down from 35 to 29%. There is a level of concern I have. That this is the concern I had with Beal. Beginning of the season, I went, oh, I'm not sure. Westbrook's there. Like, I wouldn't want to take Beal in that first round because if Westbrook's getting a ton of usage and taking some rebounds and assists, then Beal is going to have somewhat of a drop-off. And it didn't happen until now. This could just be a temporary blip, and most likely it is. But I'm definitely a little bit concerned about that. And if I'm a little bit concerned, that might mean his managers are also as concerned, so we're not trading top 15 value for Beale, who's a 46 fantasy point guy, 47 fantasy point guy per game this season. If we can get him as a 43 guy, I think there's value. But even looking over the last two months, he's at 45 fantasy points, which is again, two points down from his season numbers. So the numbers are consistently t- declining as the season goes on and coincidentally or not, as Russell Westbrook's production increases. So just be really careful in acquiring Bradley Beal because there is some... Some evidence, as shaky as the evidence might be, to suggest that maybe this is this is the trend or this is the current level of production that might stick. So just be aware of that. And DeAndre Ayton's the last bloke I want to talk about. Who has not been good this year? That's pretty clear. 63rd ranked player averaging 32 fantasy points, but it's been worse of late. 26 over the last uh, three games. 25 minutes averaging 16 and 7. The one, the thing that really is bothering there is the, the massive drop in his rebound numbers. He hasn't registered a steal in those three games. He's blocking less than one shot per game. He averages one assist. So he just has so many areas where he is deficient. And if the Suns are going to play him 25 minutes a night, then obviously that's a concern. Will he get back to being a 33 fantasy point guy? I I am not convinced about that. 30 fantasy points, yeah. So if you can extract a little bit of value from the way that he's slumping and the way the minutes are coming down, then for sure, you try and do that. But just just be aware, he's not going to be, I don't think, a top 20 guy or a top 40 guy from here on out. That'll do it for me today, guys. I'm sure by the time I finish recording this, that a trade has gone down and something has changed the landscape of the NBA. I'll go check that in a sec, guys. Don't forget to subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.